So I'm the digital creative director for Fine, which is a branding and digital agency that I started working with 14 years ago in San Francisco. And since 2006, I've been based in Portland with them. In 2011, I started hosting Creative Mornings in Portland, which is a worldwide creative lecture series that's monthly. And out of that, I got to know a lot of other folks doing design programming and creative programming generally in Portland. And in 2012, we collectively started Design Week Portland, which is a festival across all design disciplines that's yearly. And since 2014, I've been the sole director of the festival and we are growing all the time. So it's an exciting time for the festival right now. And my name is Celie Pines. Celebrating the work, lives, and achievements of women in Western North America, The Drum presents Exceptional Women Out West, hosted by The Drum North America Editor-at-Large, Doug Zanger. Let's start with three questions. What do you think others believe your superpower is? And then conversely, what do you think your superpower is? I think other people think that my superpower is in connecting and I think that that's pretty accurate. I'm creative and I have been a designer for a really long time, but really what I think I'm better at is seeing a lot of disparate opportunities and drawing lines between them. And that can come in the form of people who should know each other and collaborate and it can come in terms of just seeing resources that could be better used for creative outcomes. But that, I think, is what I'm best at, and I think it's what I'm known for now. And you, so you would agree that that's probably your super... Well, you mean you're a hell of a designer. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a good designer. Yeah. There are better designers in the world than me, and I'm not just saying that as false modesty. No, 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 no. Truly, there are people who are craftspeople to their core, and I've always been more of a renaissance person. Just, I'm pretty good at a lot of things, and it took me a long time to recognize that as a strength, because I always felt deficient in any one category. It took me a long time to understand that the strength can be in the Venn diagram between all the things. Right. So truthfully, yes, like, I'm a pretty good designer and I'm pretty good at other things and together I think that's my strength. The connection thing is uh, it's very obvious and people who know you in Portland you are one of the master connectors in Portland. I try. Oh, no, you do a great job. No, you you do a great job and and I think that it, that's incredibly important because to perpetuate the excellence in Portland and there is a tremendous amount of excellence in Portland everybody needs to be chipping in. Mm-hmm. And that's a very Portland thing. It is. We are not a city of superstars and divas. It's a very collaborative, creative environment, and everybody supports each other, and everybody's super down to party, which... <laughs> this is true. Which yeah. is actually unique. I, I've lived in other cities where there just isn't the same willingness to engage with the community and it's more competitive and here it really is collaborative. Yeah, and I think that the city likes to be successful but it does it in its own way. It's not to say that we're not competitive 
with you know other markets or anything. I mean, we right. we want to be successful. We of just course. we just do it our own way. Mm-hmm. What is there no substitute for, and why is that? There's no substitute for being in the trenches and having skin in the game. In my view, I think that people who come up from experience doing things are better at strategy for those things. So I've always felt that, you know, paying your dues has value. It totally does. And it's actually something that I feel like is getting a little bit lost. And this is totally me. This is my get off my lawn speech. Um, (laughs) And I try not to be divisive in terms of generational things. I think there's a lot of stuff that people say about millennials that actually isn't true at all. But one of the things that I do notice is that there's this desire to get up to cruising altitude really quickly, this Mm -hmm. desire to, you know, imagine your trajectory and get there really quickly. And the truth is that you can do grunt work for a really long time and grow. Mm -hmm. And there's not only no shame in that, but I actually think that there's value in that. I was talking to a creative director down in Los Angeles and super, super successful. And like me, she started in production. And she talks about how those formative years just doing really that grunt work, those little things have been so incredibly helpful because it's, it's a grounding mechanism in a way. Yes, absolutely. And it totally allows you to empathize with every level of a project's production as well as be realistic about what you're promising right, <laughs> when right. you're developing a strategy and understanding the scope of something, there's no substitute for it. When are you at your best and why is that? I think it won't surprise you that I'm at my best when I'm multitasking. I get bored really easily. And I've also found that when I have expanses of time, I can drive myself crazy and any task will expand to fill whatever amount of time I have. (laughs) So I've over the years just learned that stacking myself pretty deep is productive although of course you can go too far with that and I have and, oh we all have and you know and right. and that's definitely a risk for burnout but I find that I have to switch between things in order to stay excited mm-hmm. otherwise it's just too monotonous yeah no I completely understand that no you're right the trick of that is get yourself into different seats on the train. Mm -hmm. Just make sure that you stay on the train, Mm -hmm. which is always tough, but being able to accomplish that, I mean, that's, that's intuitive, but it's also a very deep skill for Mm -hmm. people to have as well. It is. I'm sure every creative person of a certain age has made the mistake of getting hit by the train instead of being on the train. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, so that understanding, knowing your limits and being able to diagnose when things are going right. off course is important. You're probably a little bit like me where you have a hard time saying no. I've actually gotten a lot better at saying I, no. I, me too, but it's still It's a skill it's though. Tough. Yeah, it's, it's still. It's a skill. Yeah. When you recognize that saying yes to something inherently means saying no to something else, you start getting better at being mindful about the yeses. I actually do think early in your career, you should be erring towards yes, just to 
try different things and try things that scare you Mm -hmm. and do as much as you can when opportunity presents itself. But then as you get more seasoned and, you know, your attention is divided between not only different projects, but also family and all Mm -hmm. the other things in life, then you have to be very careful about that. And, And everyone gets burned by saying yes too often at a certain point and crosses that bridge. go to the must list what is a must do I think a must do pretty much in anything that you do is to surround yourself with people who are smarter and more talented than you or in simpler terms just people that excite you that push you that challenge you and to never let yourself cruise for too long right and I believe that both in in business and in life in general that for growth, you have to be in uncomfortable situations, of, of course, to stretch, but, but fundamentally, it's all about, you know, that sort of cliche about you are what you eat. You kind of are who you hang out with mm-hmm. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Right. And so I'm not saying that as a, you know, you should be a social climber kind of way. I'm saying that as a, like, seek out people who are doing something that scratches at something in your brain and try to engage with them and see if you can find ways to collaborate with folks that really make you think and add to what you're doing, even if it's not for your job, even if it's for a side thing, because it's the key to whatever the next thing is for you. What's a must experience? I think a must experience for me always comes back to traveling because making yourself go to places that are different and engage with different kinds of people and experience new things always lends itself to seeing everything afresh. And for me, I have this very strong memory of traveling in the Middle East and going to Petra And there's this entrance to Petra that's this super, super narrow passageway. And you walk in it for a while. And then when it opens up, there's this temple that is carved into the stone that is larger than life. And it is incredible. It's incredible that humans did that so long ago. So it makes you feel kind of insignificant, which I think is important. And it's important, you know, for me, traveling can be as simple as getting somewhere where you are just seeing the sky or going somewhere where you're sitting at a sidewalk cafe and watching people go by. Just all of that is so enriching and so worthwhile and so inherently valuable. What's a must read? A must read. So I recently read Questlove's memoir. Oh, Questo. I haven't read that yet. It's so good. So he came out with a book recently about chefs, I think, but the book I'm referring to is called Mo Meta Blues. And it's the strangest, most wonderful memoir because it's sort of postmodern. He has all these other people that are involved in the memoir and like his ghostwriters emails are in the memoir. And then (laughs) the roots manager is providing footnotes to the memoir throughout the whole thing. And it's it's one of those things where the form itself of the book is so interesting and could have not worked so easily. Right. But it totally works. And 
I mean, the content is totally fascinating because he just has this take on music that is singular in my mind, but but also I just found it to be such a successful creative work. So I would say that. Anything Questo writes, I will read. Yeah. You could write a Denny's menu, I'd read it. <laughs> He's so interesting. What's a must learn? So this is probably going to be obvious and connected to my answer about travel, but I think everyone should learn a second language. If you're not raised speaking two languages, it's worthwhile to really learn uh, another language deeply mm -hmm. because it, again, takes you out of yourself. I think almost all of my answers to these kinds of questions eventually connects to my worldview, which is that it's important to be a slightly uncomfortable outsider in whatever you do. It lends itself to creativity because you can see your context a little bit more objectively and critically and contribute something that is unexpected. So for me, language is a pathway to that because it allows you to understand the cultural shift that is inherent in language. And it's what I believe about travel and it's sort of what I believe about eating and collaborating with people. All of that stuff should be something that is kind of a tool for staying awake. What's a question you've never been asked that you'd love someone to ask you, and what would that answer be? I guess why is the question. <laughs> and I ask myself that question all the time. Like, why, why do I do some of the stuff that I do? Because the answer really is that it's hard to do some of the stuff that I do. It's not easy or comfortable. With Design Week, I'm doing that stuff on the side on top of a full-time job. And... I'm sure my husband would like to truly understand why I do that. <laughs> but, <and laughs> I can I, empathize with that, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, side projects invade your life, and I think you have to really constantly ask yourself why you're doing those things. And for me, the answer is that it just allows me to actualize that special move that we were talking about before in a way that is actually pretty difficult to do in a job. I'm sure there's a job out there that could synthesize all of these things and I'd love to know what it is. But for me, self-initiated work that allows you to collaborate with all the people that you want to collaborate with mm -hmm. is the most motivating, rewarding work inherently. And I just feel more alive for doing it. Here's where I compliment you. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't do well with compliments, but okay. You're going to have to take this compliment. All right. I'm sorry. All right. I'm sorry. Going to my zen place. There we go. Design Week Portland. I had come across it, obviously. Knew about it. I said, yeah, you know, I think we want to get involved with this. I think yeah, this is something, yeah, I think this is something I want to do. This is a little, again, outside the comfort zone. I, I'm a writer. At least I think I'm a writer. At least I've been told I'm a writer. And that's how I came up in the business. So this was something that was definitely a little bit outside of my wheelhouse. And I talked to some people before coming to the event. And they said, oh, you know, you're really going to like it. And like isn't really a strong enough word for it. And I think that... Everybody who's listening to this have, has been to several conferences, festivals, 
uh, conclave, conferences, whatever you want to call them. This week in Portland, Design Week Portland, is very, very special. And it's very unique because there are a few things. Number one, it is distinctly Portland. Number two, you get a chance to really actually explore. So imagine, and this is a bit reductive, but imagine if South by Southwest was awesome again. <laughs> if you know what I mean. And I put the design And put the design spin on it. Because I love the fact that each quarter of the city broken up into four sections, so north and northeast, southeast, southwest, and northwest, you get a chance to actually experience it. You get a chance to actually be with people. It's not, it, you're not just in one place. Mm -hmm. The speaker series, two days, was awesome. So yeah, that's that one place. But that's usually what 100% of those conferences are like. Mm -hmm. That's like 10% of it. Mm -hmm. And it was just vibrant and it just felt incredible. And even for somebody who's not a design person to be able to just walk around and go, and, and it's really a very visceral feeling mm -hmm. walking around going, this is so cool and so great. And there's also meaning in that you are truly trying to push things forward. You understand that being a citizen of Portland requires a level of understanding that you should do some good. So to be able to go out and say, great, we're doing this thing, but we want to be able to look forward and how can we improve Portland? And yeah. so the feedback that you got from people and just working with the city and working with people of all constituencies, it, it's, it, it's uh, uncanny. I mean, it's just, it's really honestly, it's my favorite week. And I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here and I'm not just saying that because it's Portland. Honestly, for anybody who fly to Portland seriously in the spring, it is unbelievable. So um, that's why I compliment you. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you had that experience. We are trying to move the festival towards more engagement with the city because there are a lot of events where a lot of speaking happens and there's inherent value in that. Absolutely. I'm not suggesting otherwise. And like you said, components of the festival are that. But for me, the idea that the design community as a collective could have an impact in the place where we reside is powerful. And also the idea of making a community more open and accessible and connected mm -hmm. is very motivating and most of what you experienced is actually nothing that I feel I can take any responsibility for or even really the the core team that plans this festival because there are a lot of people involved in oh absolutely in this festival right, but right. each event has its own mojo because we're a platform for other people to exactly. fly their colors and they are truly the authors mm -hmm. of that experience and there's something actually a little bit uneasy about that for us when we put the festival on where we're just kind of like, Oh, is it going to be awesome? Because we don't control it in a way. It's right. this, you know, we put the guardrails up a little bit and try to guide things and instigate towards a certain outcome. But, but truly there are hundreds of people, the hundreds, hundreds uh, of hundreds. people <laughs> who are putting those events on. Well, and here's the thing is that I think that you're allowing the platform and people are respectful of the platform. There's a big difference there. Mm -hmm. So being respectful of a platform and allowing for that wiggle room, that's why it works really well mm -hmm. is because it's not necessarily spoken, but there's an understanding that here's our goal. Mm -hmm. 
you are part of this. How are you going to help us reach that goal? Yeah, and people are so excited to do something awesome. Honestly, it, it actually makes me emotional sometimes because, you know, we work really hard on this stuff, but, but people who are producing events or opening their doors or any of that stuff are putting their hearts and souls Absolutely. into it and you feel it and it's such a community vibe yep. that it, it really is bigger than any one person and that for me is the power of it. The other part too, and again, going back to if you're not from Portland, please come to Portland because there's a lot that people can take away. Mm -hmm. It's not just a Portland thing. Right. It's really Portland is the lens and you're looking truly at the rest of the world. Right. And there are people here who are engaged in national and international work who are kind of more accessible than they might be in another place. And... And it's just downright nice. I mean, the thing that struck me 10 years ago when I moved here was just like, everyone's so nice. Everyone's so accessible. I mean, I could right. reach out to pretty powerful people. If they don't know who I am and there's no reason for them to meet with me, they'll probably still have a coffee with me. Right. And that's, that's amazing. Every guest on the show gets a chance to say what they would like for a couple of minutes. So without further ado, the floor is yours. Okay, well, I'm going to turn the tables and ask you. Oh, boy. What's the most interesting thing that I can say? What do you think people will be most interested in hearing? I believe that people would be most interested in hearing about how Portland can facilitate their own success. And again, we've looked through the lens of Design Week Portland, but I also think that there is this other side. And listen, Portland's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's not. I mean, you know, we get a lot of great coverage. It's a wonderful place to live. I've been here 24 years. There's a reason that I'm here. Mm -hmm. But it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. But those who come even just to visit can glean a lot of inspiration from this place. Yeah. What do you think inspires people? I think what inspires people about Portland is the the outlook and the approach. The kind of the people will usually use the word lifestyle to describe this, but I don't know that it's actually lifestyle per se. It's interesting because there's a lot of interest in Portland from places that I would never expect there to be interest, like Tokyo, right? Tokyo is this amazing city. What mm -hmm. what do they need? to be looking at Portland for. And it turns out, after some conversations with folks about this, that what is inspiring is the balance of access to the outdoors, great food, creative culture, engagement in the community, and just, again, kind of the approach to life here. The reason why there are a lot of folks based here that are doing big work is because it's just good here. It's a good life here. Mm -hmm. And do I think that we're at the absolute forefront of, I don't know, really any given thing? Well, we're, we're at the forefront of a few things, I suppose. I mean, you could look at the success of a company like Nike and say a lot about that. And you could look at some of the small scale manufacturing that goes on here and say a lot about that, the way that food systems work here. There are things. Are there best practices around those things? I don't know, but I think there's some inspiration from kind of, again, 
just the, the way of thinking, the way of looking at life. And that at the center of it is what I think people respond to when they visit and have a, a feeling of connecting with something here. Much like the must list, we like to wrap up with one last piece of advice or wisdom. So what is your last word? My last word is just get out and do stuff. I am to a fault somebody who kind of does the ready, fire, aim approach to everything. And it's good for me actually to be balanced by people who are more deliberate. But I believe strongly that doing stuff and shipping it and doing proofs of concept and getting things done down and dirty is the best way to stub out good ideas and things worth doing. And I think that there's a lot of rhetoric around that now, just like ship and, you know, get stuff done and yada yada. But, you know, I think that there's a way to do it where you try stuff in order to arrive at a successful strategy and at some point back out and see what's working and make a more deliberate sort of plan based on the things that you see on the ground. So in and of itself, it's not something that you can do forever, but it certainly gets you to a running start on something worth doing. Always a pleasure to see you. Thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure is entirely mine.